So Satan decided one day to sell the tools in his toolbox, and he laid each of his tools out for public inspection and marked each with an appropriate price. Included in those tools were hatred, envy, jealousy, deceit, lying, and pride. But along with these was another harmless-looking but well-worn tool, discouragement. It had a high price on it. Why such a high price? The devil answered, because this tool is more effective than all my other tools. I can pry open a human heart with this tool when I can't get near them with the other tools. It is well-worn because I use it on almost everyone, for few people know that it belongs to me. Discouragement. Discouragement happens when you do the right thing but experience poor results. You work hard but make little progress. You go to practice every day and your team still loses every game. You spend time with your child, doing your best to parent them, and they still rebel. Discouragement eats a hole in our heart. Discouragement makes us want to quit. Discouragement makes us say things that we shouldn't say and think things that we shouldn't think. Discouragement makes us do things we shouldn't do. Discouragement overwhelmed Jeremiah as well. Jeremiah was called to preach a harsh message to a rebellious people, and he did. In one occasion, it so angered the assistant to the chief priest and the chief security officer, Pasher, that Pasher had him arrested beaten and locked in stocks where his body was contorted and writhed in pain. You see, Jeremiah was not afraid of telling people that denial is a terrible way to live your life. No wonder they nicknamed him Magor Misaviv, terror on every side. That's what he preached in Jeremiah 6.25 and again in Jeremiah 46 and 49. He said, don't go out in the fields. Don't walk along the roadways, for the enemy has a sword. Terror on every side. Magor Misaviv, old fire and brimstone himself. And what did Jeremiah get from his preaching? Discouragement. Discouragement. He felt his, his emotional and physical and spiritual and professional anguish. He felt alone, unsupported, abandoned. But Jeremiah never gave up and he never stopped preaching God's word. How did he rise above it? And more pressing, how do we rise above discouragement? Jeremiah shows us the way, how to live a fearless faith in tough 
times. This is what Jeremiah believed, preached, and practiced. First, Jeremiah says, be honest with God. Tell him what you're thinking. Jeremiah said, oh Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. Jeremiah was honest. He told God that he felt deceived. And the word deceived here means enticed or seduced because obviously God doesn't trick or mislead people. Jeremiah felt that God had lured him into the ministry only to make him a laughingstock. He felt ridiculed and offended. He felt like his voice was not making any difference. He cried out to the people to repent, and they kept walking down the path of destruction and judgment. Sometimes people ask me, Pastor, is it wrong to be angry with God? Well, first of all, remember that anger is an emotion, and most emotions are neither right or wrong. They just are. I mean, it is appropriate to be angry about some things. It's appropriate to be angry about evil in the world, mass shootings, abortion, government waste, unequal standing under the law, self-serving government officials. Anger in and of itself is not wrong, but what people do with that anger is a separate issue. That's why Jeremiah says we need to pour out our heart to him in prayer and be honest with God. Be who we are, not pretend to be someone who we are not. When we pour out our honest feelings to God, he is big and strong enough to handle them. He can endure that. In fact, he wants us to pour out our hearts to him. He wants us to express what is in our hearts. God doesn't want us to be stuck in our anger, which then turns into bitterness and loathing and hatred. I think we all know some people who have stuck, got stuck in anger and have ended up bitter people, even people who we thought had a good, strong faith. Be honest with God. Tell him what's on your heart. And in that prayer, a sense of freedom comes to us. A sense of knowing that God has us in his hand, that God hears us. And knowing that God hears us and is with us lessens discouragement. Then number two, be obedient to your calling. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Jeremiah said, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I'm weary with holding it in, and I cannot. Because of Pasher's unjust actions, Jeremiah wanted to quit. He wanted to let go of God quit the ministry, stop speaking God's word, and just go home. But he discovered he couldn't do that. 
He was not at peace doing anything else but what God had called him to do. He could not be quiet. He felt that there was like a fire in his bones that could not be quenched. You see, Jeremiah preached not because he had to say something. Jeremiah preached because he had something to say. Because Yahweh had something to say through him. And not saying it would have destroyed him. Be obedient to your calling. Number three, be watchful. Know that the Lord is with you. Jeremiah said, but the Lord is with me as a mighty warrior. Jeremiah recognized that he was not alone in this battle. He was not on the losing side. He was going to be on the winning side because God was fighting for him like a mighty warrior. He knew that God would deal with his enemies effectively in his own way and at his own time. You see, most of the time when we're dealing with our discouragement, we look inward, you know. We look to our situation, our frustrations, our problems, when we should be looking upward to God who has not abandoned us. He is with us. He accompanies us. He is a present tense God. Knowledge of God's presence enables us to accomplish significant things despite our discouragement. It gives us courage and valor, guts, strength, tenacity, perseverance. Knowing that God is with us enables us to fight on despite our discouragement. Finally, Jeremiah says, be worshipful. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of the evildoer. Jeremiah's despair turned to joy. His defeated attitude turns to triumph, dismay to courage. And the key that unlocked that door to victory was praise. Jeremiah triumphantly proclaimed, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise is a weapon that we have against which Satan has no defense. Praise acknowledges that God is large and in charge. He will do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Praise does four things for us. Praise enables us to recognize the provider, Praise enables us to shift our focus from self and focus on God. Praise allows us or gives God the right to reign and rule in our hearts as he see fits. And praise acknowledges that God knows what he is doing better than we do. Praise acknowledges a plan. Jeremiah said that just a couple chapters later. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for peace and not for disaster. Plans for a hope and a future. God weaves a tapestry of our lives. 
We might not see the final product, but we dare to believe in God's plan anyway. We dare to believe because we know that God fulfills his plans. He's fulfilled the greatest plan, the plan of salvation. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by, by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. The ultimate mission impossible. On the other side of Good Friday, Jesus lives. There was the cradle, there was the cross, but after Jesus' resurrection, he now wears the crown. That's why we have this sure and certain promise. You see, praise is based on the total and joyful acceptance of the present as part of God's loving and perfect will for our lives. Praise is not based on something that we hope or think will happen. Praise is based on not what we expect to happen, but is based on, what, on who God is and where and how we are right now. Jeremiah, in our text today, helps us deal with the devil's best tool, discouragement. Jeremiah is an inspiration for us. He was unafraid of the stocks. He was unintimidated by taunts. He was undeterred by humiliation and embarrassment, pain, doubt. Jeremiah discouraged? <laughs> no way. And neither are we. In the name of Jesus, we carry on. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.